Alright, so we have the vision of the ram and the goat, and now, in the first year of Darius, king of the Persians, Daniel perceived in the books, that means the books of the Lord, of like the prophets that were inspired, according to the word of the Lord by Jeremiah the prophet. So Jeremiah is this other prophet around the same time, but he was back in Judea. Daniel must have gotten a copy of his writing, and he was reading it. And that's what the prophets did. In the New Testament, there's a passage that talks about how the prophets, whenever they would have a prophecy from the Lord, they would go and they would search through it. They would search the Lord's word to, to try to understand what God's word was and what it had to say about the Christ who was to come and about his sufferings and about his glory. So they understood that God was foretelling the coming of the Savior, and they wanted to know more about it. So Daniel was looking at all of this, and he understood from them uh, that there was going to be 70 years of, of exile and of the desolations of Jerusalem before the people of God were going to go back. And so when he understood this, he turned to the Lord seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting. That means not eating any food. And sackcloth and ashes. That's like a way of showing repentance. And he prayed and he said, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. So notice how he started his prayer by addressing God and talking about who God is, who, what his qualities are. The great and awesome God, the only true God. He also, he also said, the one who keeps his covenant, that means his promise, his steadfast love that he never breaks. And then he confessed his sin and the sin of the people. He said, we, we have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly, turning aside from your commandments and rules. We haven't listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke to us in your name. He said, to you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us, shame to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem who are near and far away and all the lands that you have driven us because of our sins that we committed. So he talks about all the things that they had done, how they didn't listen to the prophets, how they had turned aside, not listening to his voice. And he remembered the curse that God had spoken would come upon them that was written in the law of God if they didn't listen to him. And he said, Lord, that's what you've done. You told us that if we turned aside and followed the ways and the gods of the other nations, that you would send a foreign nation to come and destroy us and take us into captivity. And that's what happened. It fulfilled your word. Therefore, the Lord has kept what he said. And now this is what he prays for. So, so far, God, Daniel in his prayer has addressed God and talked about who God is. Then he has confessed what they have done wrong. Now he's going to ask for something. O Lord God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and have made a name for yourself, we have sinned. But according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city Jerusalem, your holy hill. Because for our sins and the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem has become a byword among everybody around us. So he's saying, for your sake, because of your righteousness, not because we deserve it, but because of what you have promised and who you are, deliver us, restore Jerusalem. 
Listen to the prayer of your servant and, his, and my pleas for mercy. This, he says this, O Lord, make your face to shine upon the sanctuary. Incline your ear to us. Forgive our sins. Pay attention to our trouble and act. Don't delay for your sake, O God. While Daniel was praying this, <clears throat> while he was still speaking, Gabriel, the angel, came again. He came in swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. And he made me understand. And he said to me, O Daniel, I have come to give you insight and understanding. At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly loved. So consider and understand the vision. And he told him an interesting thing, an interesting prophecy about 70 weeks. But it doesn't literally mean 70 weeks. It says 77s. So I can't remember. I think my dad like mapped this all out once. And so I think he said that the 77s is 70 sets of seven years. So if it was 70 sets of seven years, that would be 490 years. And he says, this is how long... He says, this is how long it's going to be basically until the Messiah comes. Until he comes to put an end to sin and to atone for iniquity and to bring righteousness and to seal up vision and prophecy because he'll fulfill them all. So he was telling him that this is what's going to happen. That there will be trouble during some of that time, but then this prince will come who will be anointed and who will fulfill all these things. And it talks a bunch of the, about a bunch of these prophecies and about when all these things are going to happen. So you can kind of tell, like, God had them be captive for 70 years in Babylon. And then he's telling Daniel, okay, Daniel, you figured out how long it's going to be before you're brought back to Jerusalem. But I'm going to also tell you how long it's going to be before the Christ comes. Because while the people were in exile in Babylon, that must have been one of the hard things. They must have been thinking, like, well, how is the Messiah going to come? When we're here in Babylon, he's supposed to come in Jerusalem. So God's saying, yeah, you're going to go back to Jerusalem. Not only that, the Savior is going to come. That was God's response. Daniel was saying, have mercy on us. Don't, you know, you'll keep your promise to us. Restore us. And God said, I will. Not only will I restore you to your land, but I will keep my promise to send the Savior of, of the world to take away your sins. Daniel's prayer is a good reminder to us of how we can pray. When we pray to God, we start by addressing God. And then we say who he is. Not just any God, the true God. The God who became a man and, and showed himself to us in Jesus Christ. The God, and we can say things about God. Like, what are some things that are true about God? What could you say about God, Samara? Samara, what can you say about God? Like, how would you describe him? Okay, yeah, if we turn that into an adjective, we would say trustworthy or faithful. Um, that means he always does what he says he does. He's and good? He's good, yeah, kind. Anastasia, what could you say believe about God? Him? Well, that's something we do. We believe in him because he is trustworthy and good and kind. But Abiding. Okay, so he abiding in the sense like he exists and he doesn't change. Is that what you mean? Yeah, he remains. Yeah, that's a good one. So we, there's all kinds of things we can say about God. God, you're this, you're this. And we start prayer that way, and then we confess sins that we've done. What are some sins we could confess that we've done? Samara?
Sure, yeah. We've been unkind and mean and hurt other people, like even in our family, and we shouldn't do that. Sure. And then we can ask God for things. The first thing, like Daniel did, is to pray for him to forgive our sins. And then we can also ask him to do the, whatever else he has promised, like to make us good and kind. So we could pray, we could pray for, well, also this. Daniel was praying for God to bring them back to Jerusalem because that's what God had promised to do. Okay, but God already did raise Jesus from the dead. But that's right. So we can pray for Jesus to come again. That's the only thing left that we're waiting for. In Daniel's time, there were lots of things that God had prophesied that he was going to do that he hadn't done yet. Right? So he's saying, you're the faithful God. You're the true God who promised to save us. But they're still in Babylon. They haven't gone back to Jerusalem yet, so he's waiting for that. And Jesus hasn't been born, the Savior. And all the things that the Savior would do, those hadn't happened yet. Now, well, Jesus has been born, and he's lived, and he's died, and he's risen, and he's ascended, and he's given us the Holy Spirit. There's only one thing left that he said that he was going to do that he didn't do yet. And that is that he was going to come again on the last day and raise all the dead and give eternal life to all believers in Christ. We should pray for that all the time. We should pray for that every day. Yes, Mark? That'd be very good. Uh, sometimes we don't have time in the morning. Maybe we could, maybe we could like, just like read. Maybe I could just like read a song.